Welcome in the Space to Elevate episode number two. For those who just tuned in for the first time ever, this is a space where we talk about the journey with creators, dancers, everyone who basically wants to come and join me in my living room and talk about <laughs> where, what we're all about, what's happening in our lives and what we're dealing with, what we can, I don't know, improve in our lives, basically food for thought, as I always say. And today, my guest is Penelope. <laughs> so me and Penelope know each other for quite a long time. Like, I've met Penelope as my student first. Um, then she became my personal trainer, and she started kicking my butts, basically. <laughs> but that's where we got to know each other a little bit uh, more, and I feel like this is going to be a nice... Uh, conversation today because she's also foreign so you are from Austria I so I think it's a nice one to also see the the, the, the struggles not even the struggles it's just nice the, to see yeah. the struggles of the foreign people <laughs> I don't want to put it that way but it's kind of like it, it is what it is like it's a bit different journey it's a bit, a bit after heel sometimes so I think it would be nice to see from that perspective what also is there to talk about is there to say and we'll see what's gonna happen to be honest I'm curious as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Penelope, if you could just like in a few words tell people who are listening, who are you? <laughs> well, hello, my name is Penelope Klamert. Um, I am originally from Austria and I grew up in Vienna and I stayed there until I was 18. And I kind of always knew that I didn't want to live there just because I kind of figured out I wanted to do something within the dance industry when I was 16, 17, I think. And Vienna dance industry is growing now, but it was very, very small back then. Um, so a lot of ballet and a lot of contemporary, but nothing else really going on. Um, so I knew I was going to go somewhere else. And I applied after I finished college. I applied to loads of different dance schools in France and in Lisbon and in England. But England was my favorite and London was my favorite. And then I was lucky to get into London Studio Centre. And this is how I came to London. And I studied here. And then I stayed. Nice. Yes. So did you did you apply for London schools where you where you were still in Austria? Yes, exactly. So I applied while I was doing my basically A levels or mm-hmm. equivalent to A levels. Um but I had to wait for the additions because we had to fly here. Um so one of my friends applied as well. Um so we tried to get all the additions in one week. So we flew over to London for a week and had literally bam, 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 bam to all the schools, all auditions, and then we were just there hoping we would get into one of them, um, which we did. And then the following year we moved. Nice. So, yeah. How's that, how's that process for you to like look for dance schools when you really were not here before and didn't even know much? Completely overwhelming. I remember I started when I decided I wanted to, to study dance. Um, it works completely differently in Austria. There are no dance schools. There is one ballet conservatory and one contemporary conservatory, um, which is different to like London dance schools, such as London Studio Centre or Erdang or all of that. Um, so when I started looking into it, also my English wasn't that good and all the websites were in English. So it was like, mm, not sure. So what me and my mom did was we made a massive um, banner. Actually, it was massive. It was literally like, like massive and then we wrote down all the schools and then we did like categories and then we had categories which we understood what I need to do and then some which I didn't and we kind of like every weekend we had a session where we focused on another school and tried to figure out all the information and I actually just remember that now that it was really complicated because I didn't like we did nothing like this existed the application process everything about it was new and then obviously the financing how, how to prove that my English is good enough to get into the school. Like, so many little details that you would never think of. Um, living situations, etc. So we had all these subcategories, and it was, like, in our living room on the wall for a good half a year. And we always filled it out, so then we had a good structure. That's awesome. That's a good tip, you know, if you if you ever think about it. I didn't even think about it, but that's perfect, because yeah. you can see it, actually. Yeah. And that's, that's what I ask, because I feel like it can be overwhelming for people that are not from here, and I mm. can... I can hear people wanting to come. And even I was, when I was coming, that's what was my first idea, to go to school. It ended up happening, like, being different. But I remember just going through websites, and I was just clueless. What is this? Yeah, yeah, especially especially because there's so many different courses as well. There's, like, a bachelor course, then there's a diploma course, 
and I didn't know the difference between them two and then you have the foundation course if you're not good enough for the bachelor course and it's kind of like I don't know <laughs> what do I apply for um, so it took a while it took a while but if you if you have time take it slow read everything carefully write it all down um, and make sure you're organized yeah. That's amazing. So it is possible. It is possible. <laughs> it is possible. Awesome. So what was like the first thing that kind of was for you like a shocker in, in London? Oh God. I remember the first time I came was basically I went I came to London like very when I was small, but then the second time I came was for that week of auditioning. And I remember on the first day we went to Studio 68, me and my friend, and there was like a contemporary class going on. And again, class culture, everything is very different to Austria. Austria, the classes that you do is very much, I always say, you're an algae and you float around and you go into the floor and like there, there are no lines, there is no hip hop, there okay. like nothing, nothing. So when we came to 68, we were like, oh, what did we do? What did we do? So we did a class, completely lost. We're in the back, like doing our own little thing, kind of very overwhelmed. Um, and then also there were so many different classes. Like mm-hmm. you had hip hop and then you had jazz funk and then you had, I don't even know, everything basically. Um, where we come, it was spelling and contemporary and this is and modern maybe. Um, and this is it. And then I remember the next day we started, because we did a week... Um, uh, actually, before we auditioned, I just remember we did a week of uh, kind of ad- auditioning prep at Erdang, um, but which again was quite fun to go from Austria straight into uh, a week of audition prep in Erdang because you come in and again in our ballet class, for example, you would wear baggy stuff and you would have a ponytail mm-hmm. and then you come here and it's like tights and leotard and a, a bun and a red lipstick, which obviously now seems completely normal to me because I went through all of it. But remember mm-hmm. back then I was very overwhelmed and people were stretching and split and jump. And yeah, I remember me and my friend being like, what did we get ourselves into? But also kind of in a nice way because okay. there's so much more. And suddenly it was like, wow, blew my mind how much more there was out there than I thought there was. It was great. But yeah, the first time I was like, hmm, is this going to work out? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I feel like that's that's what our lives as creators and dancers are. Sometimes we're in the room so we're just overwhelmed with the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to just go for it, you know? That's, exactly. That's the and only it wasn't, way we can do. Exactly. And it wasn't even a thing of like afraid of not being able to do it or 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 yes or I wanted or like it wasn't anything like that it was literally just like so new and so bizarre to my mind but I was like cool I'm doing it apparently and this is gonna be it and then you get used to it super quickly which was good (laughs) and needed yeah Mm -hmm. so what do you think helped you in that moment like to overcome this I think in the beginning, I have to say, it was a little bit like I t- took it as an excuse that I wasn't from England and I took it as an excuse that I didn't grow up in London and I grew up with very different dance training, um, which kind of always kind of gave me that security of like, especially when I started college, like you come into um, groups, so you have uh, A, B, C, D and E set. Or just D set. I don't really know. But I was in a bottom set regardless. Um, <laughs> and for example in jazz. And I always had it back of my mind. Like of course I can't do it as well as other people. Because I didn't train like this. And da, da, da. And I think the point was to just overcome that. And just be like. Yes but I'm here now. And like just do it now. And not kind of relying on that back thing of like. But I grew up in Austria with another training. But just being okay. like I'm in London now. Yeah. This is everybody's doing the same thing. And this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. This is what I will do without having that kind of security blanket at the back. That's amazing. That and like from, from what I know you personally, I feel like you you are like this, like that person. Like if I want to do it, I'm just going to do it. And it's just like, <laughs> but then like one of the most hardworking people I know. Like honestly, like by the time you and I wake up, she already done like 700 things, you know, like. <laughs> And she just keeps going for everything, everywhere, all the time. So I'm always, like, amazed by it. So how do you... 
Is it just the truth? <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel like about because we started from talking about auditions, so mm. let's just let's just see how how do you see how do you feel about auditioning now? Anything changed or how do you see oh, them now? A lot, a lot. I think um, when you start auditioning because you're not used to it or because I wasn't used to it, I can just speak from my personal experience, obviously. Um, you just listen to what other people tell you. Like, you listen to what everybody else tells you and you do what everybody else tells you and you don't do what you actually want to do. Um, and then, obviously, people, there are some people that say, oh, just go with whatever you feel like. And at that point, you're not really old enough or secure enough to do that. So you, they're like, no, I'd rather go with that what that one person said because they seem to have it right and that's what you do. So you kind of go into these auditions, or at least I felt like looking like everybody else looked, everybody looked the same, because everybody took the same advice from the same people. Um, so everybody kind of looks the same, and there's a lot of pressure in the room, I think. And that also just comes from being new to the industry. There's always going to be a lot of pressure. And I remember the first couple auditions, even when I auditioned for small things during my college times, whatever, like a mess like a complete mess to the point of like there there was no way I'm gonna get anywhere because I forgot the whole choreography at the end yeah yeah and I didn't really take it seriously and then I was like you know what you need to take it serious at some point because otherwise you're not gonna get a job um and then I think what changed now a lot and obviously we had the pandemic where there weren't that many auditions and you had self-tapes which is a whole different story again um but auditioning now, I think going into it, and it sounds so cliche, but if you go into it as yourself and cl- like dress the way you feel comfortable, it just makes all the difference. And if you look different to other people, that's fine. And to me personally, for me, it was always the big point of like, you need to wear tight, tight mm-hmm. clothings. And I get it because you need, you need to see the body shape. I do get it. But there are some things that you can wear which still show your body type without being a legging and a bra you know what I mean yeah and for me that was a big change because I was like you know what I can actually wear something that I'm comfortable with but people still see my body shape although it sounds like a not not so important fact but it is um and the more you just go in and be yourself and do it like yourself and kind of take the pressure off Mm -hmm. and go in and be like you know what if this job is meant to be for me it's gonna be like, I'm going to do great and I'm going to feel good and they will see it and there is going to be a connection between me and whoever is casting and yeah. it's going to be fine. And if it isn't, there's no need to force it. If you if you feel awkward in an audition and if you feel weird, you're not going to do well and it's just not going to go well and you're probably not going to get the job, which is fine. Like, you don't... I think taking off the pressure is a is a, is a massive thing and don't nail yourself to every single audition. Yeah, true. And I feel like what the point that you made at the beginning was so cool. Like we, we go of our audition how we were taught like told. Yeah. Like we go with like people yeah. that were doing it and we just follow kind of the tips or whatever. Yeah. But like the more you do it, the more you understand it. And I believe for me, maybe for you as well, mm-hmm. like what helped is having a different types of auditions. So for example, when you yeah. go to like hip hop auditions or like theater auditions, mm-hmm. that's where they're actually looking at the skill. That's where you just focus on that solidly. That's where you pick up everything you know from your bag. Yeah. And then you go to commercial one when you have to look apart, when you have to do what they ask you with like, I don't know, your face or whatever they're asking for. And I feel like if you, if I will be stuck only in commercial auditions, which not stuck, like some of the people make, make it as a choice and it's absolutely fine. But I feel like they're a little bit more pressured into what kind of person they want you to be or what kind of look they want you to have. Or it's just a little bit less on like the skill base you're having. So it kind of takes your confidence, like your confidence can be like torn a little bit. Yeah, but I think think what is important is because it is going to be like this because the commercial world is very look based. And just so many aspects based apart from your skill. Your skill is there as well, but there are so many other things that need to kind of like tick the box. And what I think helped me personally is just being aware of that. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds, it's, yeah, it sounds so easy, but just being aware of that, that is a fact and not being offended if you don't get it because it might 
not have been your skill. It might have been the look, it might have been the height, it might have been there is no opposite to you. Literally. There are so many your, other factors. Your small finger wasn't looking up. <laughs> exactly. Your small finger is longer than the others and then it would look out of place. Who knows? Like, we will never know. Yeah. So, and like, like yeah. even yesterday, like, when I went to the audition, like, the choreographer was saying, oh, I might already have someone that is like you, so I don't need anyone. Like, that was a bit harsh because <laughs> I was like, if she thinks that you look like someone else, that's a bit peak, though. But <laughs> I get it. Like, it's they <laughs> <laughs> so there's someone who actually dances like you and looks exactly like you it's like, really dope <laughs> yeah but it's like you said like for me as well like just just I think when I when I found more auditions that are more like skill based I think that's when I found like okay here is when I can show my skill here is where I can be myself here is when I have to play a part to a certain role because like obviously yeah. commercial is more like you said more media more stuff so it's different like it's not like it's it's which one is better they're just different they're different and yeah. i think one thing that we spoke with a friend of mine yesterday was that like not every job is meant for you sometimes we just want the job because we want the credit and because as a dancer sometimes there's a stigma that we need to get the biggest job the biggest name to get the biggest validation of who we are as a commercial or mm -hmm. as a working dancer mm -hmm. and and it's like because of the social media because what you post because of the 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 high ranking of the artist or whatever we think like that's if i get it that's going to be like that's going to validate me and who i am as a dancer and i've been like that for for a few few years as well and i feel like it happens to all of us that we look at the big jobs and like if i get that big job that's going to mean like okay i've been I've, i've made it you know what is absolutely not about that like you can honestly yeah. just have like jobs that are i don't know like lower ranking artists or whatever but like the but job itself who, can yeah, be so incredible who decides what is a what is a higher lower job yeah. because if like some i and not like a lot of um dancers who were older and like did all of these big jobs and you talk to them a lot of them said that they actually wanted it for that long and then realized actually there were jobs that were so much more fun because i don't know you were with other friends you had another team you had another choreographer whatever And this is all the thing. Just because it's like society sees it as like the best yeah. job that you can get, it doesn't mean that you're gonna enjoy it the most yeah. or that you're gonna love it the most or I don't know. And if you get there and you do, then it's great. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be that way. And again, I think it's kind of like who decides what are the massive jobs and who decides what are less yeah. validating jobs yeah 100 and i always say like with with dancing as well because like since we are on the topic like jobs are the ones that are temporary you know you, you get the job and then it's finished like it always has a time on it but like the work the who you are as a dancer is something that's constant so i think exactly. like just centering that like your life as a dancer around your work what you're doing with yourself i think that's what helps me to go back into like Even like if you look at street dancers, for example, or just dancers that don't do work as a dancer, they have separate job. Mm. They just do dance mm. because they're fascinated by mm. it and they train, they, they do battles and everything. They're phenomenal dancers as well, and they don't don't use the the the, the credit to classify if they're doing if you they're professional. They are yeah. professional. They they're killing it. They're like in the battle scene. They're winning comps, whatever, you know. So that's like the side of it when you have dancers that completely don't work as a dancer and there are still professional dancers that are like having like super extra high exactly. skill yeah and i think on that for like just linking to that so coming out of college i feel like you kind of get which is fine completely you get drilled into your head that that, that this is one pathway that you're following and this is going to lead you there and you're going to set your goals and you're going to set your jobs and you're going to achieve it which is amazing yes i love goal setting and i love all of these lists and stuff um but i do feel like and then coming out of college and then training and seeing and meeting loads of other people who never went to college who again have completely normal jobs and just do it on the side and are amazing <laughs> amazing and it kind of also got me thinking that having the jobs as a fuel is good but i kind of think it's kind of the wrong fuel to have because if you like you said before if you're just doing it for the jobs And I think a lot of dancers especially realized that during the pandemic because there were no jobs and they were like, I don't want to train anymore because for what am I training? Whereas I felt like, well, you train because you like to train and you love to dance and <laughs> you like to do it. You don't train. I think yeah. training, it's good to have the goals and the jobs, but if that's your only fuel, I think that's not going to be 
enough fuel to sustain you and yeah. sustain your your dance yeah. career and again coming back to the people who have other jobs and started dance as a hobby and are absolutely amazing in it just because they're so fascinated and so passionate by it and you see that this is the correct fuel because their progress pew, shoots up whereas yeah. whereas some other people who are focused on just that one job that they really desperately want yeah I, first of all it's not an all-round fuel and I don't think it's going to make you happy long time as a dancer. And I don't think it's going to sustain you long time as a dancer. Maybe it does. Because maybe you have that goal and then you reach it and you're absolutely fulfilled. But I personally don't think that it is enough fuel to keep you going. If you just do a job by job. Yeah. I always say like center back to your why and, and see this. Because even like you mentioned pandemic. Like for example, I didn't dance during pandemic. But for me, it wasn't a case like I don't dance. So I'm like. Now I'm not gonna dance anymore. Like I just knew, like I'm not <laughs> dancing now. I'm never leaving dance. This is my lifelong relationship. We're just on the break. We were on the break, <laughs> but then we go back together. Like Ross and Rachel. Yeah. So it's I can tell you. I always say it's a relationship. So I think it's your why and what's gonna help you because there's a lot of pressure and I've been talking about this a lot lately. That that now it's not only about the pressure of getting the job, but getting the job quick. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and if I'm not going to get it quick, that means like, it's not for me or I'm not good enough or da da da. And you have failed. <laughs> yeah, I've failed. Like, what is this training for? And to be fair, like, if, if you think about it, yeah, like, at the first look, okay, like, I understand where you're coming from, but like, in the bigger perspective, it's time is such a subjective thing as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. time is such a, someone invented time. Imagine this. There's no Humans time. Humans invented like, time. Exactly. Like, what is it even? It's not, you yeah. can't see it. It's not even there. It's not so there. So we, we're going to follow that rule of, like, time and calendar and all these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, everything is so, like, put into, like, you have to see it, like, visually. How old are you and everything and what time is it? But, again, like, with those things, like, I I strongly believe, like, you never know when, when your time is going to come. And if you will work hard, it will at some point in some way. Yeah. And it, and, and, and it will come... Exactly, and it will come at the right point. Because I also, I also obviously, everybody has moments where they're like, oh, I should have gotten that job, um, or I really wanted it. And now, looking back at it, I'm like, I was so not ready for that. 100%. And this is why I did not get it. And it's fine, and it takes some time to realize that, and it takes some time to take you out of that um, pressure that, like, the dance industry, but also society puts on you. It's like, you're this age, and you should have achieved this and this. And I think at the moment it's unfair in general because of the pandemic. Like it's yeah. just a whole other cycle, yeah. and a lot of dancers are still in that stress of yeah. like, I wasted two years, and it's like you know. First of all, you can't waste time. You can't waste two years because again, time is not there. So let's yeah. let's. There's no waste of time, and it's gonna when you're ready it's gonna come like there's no way it won't there's no way it, won't. it sounds so like oh my god they're saying this like well i'm waiting and where is it but it's it's just the, it like, is true the, the it only is true you're only gonna learn it on your own experience you know but i also thought like if you were a dancer coming to london and your intention is to like be a booking dancer in london i feel like if that's your projection if you're gonna go to class and if you're gonna be around being like I'm here and I want a job and I want to work as a dancer. And if you're projecting that, imagine the choreographer has like 200 people like this that are just like, I want a job, I want a job. I think like that's something that's a bit like, okay, like uh, let me just see if you can dance first. Let me just get to know you. Because I think we switched that, that I don't know when did it happen. Because for me it was like, if I, if someone is going to book me like I need to show that I'm like a good person like I'm reliable I'm professional I love dance I'm a good and person that to takes be the around time. you can't you can't show that in one two base classes it takes time <laughs> exactly and I feel like it, you projecting different stuff when you see, when you want to like show like hi this is me this is my way of dancing this is how much I love it this is how much like I'm present in a class this is how much I want to be better like I want to improve so I'm going to ask questions I'm going to be I'm just going to be a present dancer I'm not going to be a dancer who is wants to wants to work and that's it yeah. because I think you can feel this and and I've never been on that other side yeah. but I think I can't even in classes sometimes I can sense it and even some teachers say it they're like stop looking at me while you dance in the choreography like I'm still watching everyone <laughs> yes like focus Funnily. on yourself focus on your training and I'll see you and I think what well, 
I think it's the commercial world especially, and I think if you think back to, for example, contemporary companies mm-hmm. or whatever, hip-hop theater companies, just because that's what I like to do, um, the way to get in is literally you probably take company classes for like one and a half years then you get invited to some training sessions then you probably train with the company not even getting paid for it and then after like four years you might be in the company and then you do something you know what i mean and it takes like that that is for like a contemporary dancer this is the normal pathway to do it like it takes a long 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 time and then you have probably like a long contract, whatever. And I think because the commercial world is so quick and the jobs are yeah. really quick and everything yeah. is quick, people, yes, want to get in quick, but forget that it still takes time to like establish that and also establish the trust. And and I don't know, because if I was a choreographer or a teacher who books dancers, they can be good dancers and they can they can be nice people, but I don't know. Do you know if they can actually retain the choreographies? Do you know if they... They not have massive anxiety on stage, you know what I mean? And you can't just see all of that in one class or two classes or five. It takes so much more time. Yeah. And although it's a different industry than contemporary or hip hop theatre, it still it still takes time. Yeah. To kind and I feel of like marinate. Word, yeah, I feel like word of mouth as well is such an important thing. Like if you're gonna be around in like different places and everything, people are gonna see you, people are gonna acknowledge your passion, people are gonna acknowledge what you project. If we have 200 down, like, if we, I'm talking like I'm, I don't know who, you know. <laughs> but imagine this. If we have, like, 200 people in a room and 190 of them wants to work and 10 wants to just have great time, work hard, just enjoy the moment, just learn. I want to be with the 10. Yeah, you're going to just see the 10 because yeah. you're going to just, like, yeah. gravitate towards it, you know. If this audition is a different thing, but if we're talking about class, like... And I think I think you you like automatically and I, I, I I'm not excluding myself of this because I did exactly the same. But if you the, the energy you put in basically to kind of put your energy externally and always be present and always be like this to every single choreographer, the energy if you would turn it around and focus the energy on your own training and actually okay why am I in this class? Do a focus on this. Do a focus on this. You progress so much quicker, rather than than kind of focusing on everything elsewhere apart from why you're actually in that class taking that class i think that's where we're gonna do the mic drop and we're gonna just do a little click and we're gonna be back again and we're back (laughs) (laughs) um so i have one more questions uh question singular about um the audition because i personally know that you had to go through some no's that were like quite hard and I think I would like to ask you if you could share how do you deal with those those kind of no's that you feel like. <laughs> um, well, I can start with the first couple no's that you get. They're obviously like very very shit, very shattering, and you feel super shit afterwards. Because I remember even auditioning for like colleges in Austria, um, I got a massive no. And then you hear the reasons and you kind of, you didn't even start your dance journey yet. So obviously you get knocked back before you actually did anything. And I thought, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't. Obviously it it knocks you down because you're quite young as well. And you think maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, And again, you kind of tend to believe everybody else before you believe yourself. Um, And then you come, yeah. And then I came to London and when I got that, yes, I also remembered I kind of thought, for a second, I was a bit like, really? <laughs> really? Did I make a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> and it is actually so bad because you should, like, you should believe in yourself before other people believe in yourself. But that was not the case. Um, and then they are fun. I think you take no's. Again, it's a thing of, like, the more no's come, the better you deal with them, obviously. Okay. Because the more chance you have to kind of reevaluate why you got that no and after some time it always makes sense why there was a no okay there's hardly ever something where i'm like i really still don't understand why i didn't get it or why there was a no towards it but in that time before um the no's you can't I think there's no no way of being like this is the way to overcome that. I think it just takes a couple of no's 
to realize that there is a reason for the nose and that you might not have been ready although you thought you was and you or you might exactly again you kind of learn that there are so many factors that play into mm-hmm. it and yes for example i think i i think i started dealing with them quite well and then there was one before this christmas actually the quite recent one and i really 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 wanted to get it and i also thought i was like i was so sure i could have told you like 99% i'm going to get it and then I remember just seeing the email and I just burst it into tears straight away. Like, there was just no no way of me being like, oh, but maybe no. No, I was just like, okay. Yeah. And, and the then, end of the day, we're just human, you know? Exactly. But also, that's also fine because then I had a day or like maybe one and a half days <laughs> where I was just like, okay, this is shit. And obviously, your confidence is going to sink. But also, in the back of my mind, because I had so many no's before, you know your confidence will come back. And you kind of get the security of like, right now, I'm feeling absolutely shit. Yes, right now, I feel like I'm doubting what I'm doing and I'm doubting my pathway. But also, there's a tiny corner on the other hand that is like, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, it's going to be fine. You know, you're going to get yeah. your confidence back because there's no... For me, there's always, thankfully, I'm very happy for that, the tiny little voice back there who just says, it's going to work out at some point. Nice. It's going to work out at some point. And I feel like this is something that, like, I heard from you and I kind of adapted as well and I knew that by kind of, I don't know, when, whenever I feel this, like, I think this makes me think of you, like, if you feel something that's like, for example, at this moment I feel shit, just let it be that Write way. Write it out. Write it right? out. Exactly. All out. But, like, even to the point of, like, really write it out so like if you want to cry the whole time and if you want to go home and if you don't want to do any dance classes in the evening and if you feel like the most pathetic person do it who cares who cares and people are like oh my god she reacted so like hard to that no and it's such who cares because once you let it all out yeah and all the energy is out then the confidence from the back of your head is going to come yeah you have you have like you, you can just go again so you don't have to step on like all this crap that's like there because if you keep fighting then it's going to stay in you and then the new stuff will come and you have this constant fight in your own head rather than being absolutely miserable for two three days or a week whatever you need so i feel like what's missing uh, because there's a lot of like i spoke on this in in the previous episode as well there's a lot of motivational speakers saying like oh you need to go up and do it if you say no just keep going da 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 and again, like the sense of it is okay, but like the real life is a little bit different and we need to be a little bit more sensitive with with who we are as people yeah. and don't grow the next thing on the shit that has been like exactly. in you. Like that's let a bit it like, out. Like toxic positivity can also be a little bit 100%. Of, a, of a stress because people are like, okay, you got to get knocked down and then you're going to go straight back after that. Yeah, I will. Once. I dug that yeah, hole in the deep if I want to, exactly. And Let me get a bottle of mine and then after I Exactly, and it's gonna and again you have that you have the security that it's gonna yeah. be fine, but right now you need yeah. to you need to not yeah. see the positive, you know? I think that, that fact that just being okay with whatever state you are in yeah. is very important because if if that state holds with you for longer, like really like creeps with your head and you keep staying in that that's where you you can add it like yeah. you're like okay so yeah. i cannot get back up why mm. i should mm. be able to build myself back up like i should be able to like get this process working like you said like couple of no's like you already kind of know like the system yeah. and then you brain. can reevaluate yourself yeah. because again i have also a lot of friends or you probably as well that realized over time maybe this isn't because maybe the the voice that says it's going to work out at some point isn't quite there and then you organically just realize okay maybe i do want to do something else in my life which is completely fine there's no shame in it i think there's also put a lot of shame on people who are like giving up you're not giving up if you realize it's not for you it's not for you you. just make your choices exactly you're not giving up of anything like there's no floats your boat (laughs) that's the saying as well cool i want to circle us back again this time to class because i know you were like amazing student like it takes so many classes so i'm very curious um what do you search for in class what is important for you what do you like <laughs> i like in classes. i mean obviously i i met you in your class and i love your classes 
Um, I think I really do. And I also remember coming to your class and I was late and I didn't couldn't catch up the choreography. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You gave me that look as well. And then I couldn't catch the choreography and then you made us turn around and I was lost and I think everybody did it. And then you said like, so you can't really do the choreography if you can't do it turning around. And I was at the back rethinking my life. Like, Mm, yeah so I think first of all I love that exercise that you do with the turning arounds in class um, because I think especially in London everything is very focused on the mirror so what I look for in classes is that the teacher has a lot of knowledge that the teacher is I'm just saying the teacher the teacher the teacher because yeah you asked me what I'm looking for yeah, on yeah, the outside yeah. um what I feel like there's a difference between the teacher wanting to showcase their choreography skills and a teacher who wants to progress their students. And I do, and I think everybody talks about this, I do understand the filming in class concept. I absolutely do because people need content for their Instagrams and everything. However, if I do pay for a class, I do not want 20 minutes of that class where I could still progress in the choreography to be taken away mm-hmm. because some classes especially if they're harder and you take longer to grasp the choreo and then maybe the t- last 20 minutes are the 20 minutes where you can focus on your whatever performance if you wanted to focus on that on your dynamics on your musicality even more and then that's gone so you kind of like have this yeah. like half cooked meal without the seasoning on top which is fine yeah. but also not really satisfying so I, I would like a whole class to be a full a full experience mm-hmm. um, from the beginning um, to the end. I also actually really love warm-ups. And I think that also, yep, I love your warm-up as well. Because um, it just sets the tone for the class and you kind of like get into it and you get your body ready into it. Because for some people, especially me, uh, in hip-hop, it's not comp- it doesn't come naturally to have the hip-hop posture. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it now. That if I go to a hip-hop class, I need to be careful of that, obviously. But it, a warm-up just, just brings you into class and kind of brings everybody together. Yeah. And then you, you just work better. You just work better and not just straight away starting in and then rushing everything through and then filming at the end for, for 30 minutes. And... And I, I mean, it depends on what genre of class you're going to or what style you want to go to. But I'm just uh, talking about the hip hop now. Um, I like it if they have a lot of background information. I just like it if you ask a question and they like, you know, there's obviously not everybody can, can know everything. But yeah, I think a lot of background information is good. And also... There are, there are a lot of good teachers who are younger, but also just, like, experience, because you probably learn a lot more within your life experience. And, yeah, there's actually a lot of things that are, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, that's, that's nice, that's nice, that's, that's good. These are good points, you know? Like, I just silently. So what are your pet peeves? <laughs> what, do, what are you, like, it's like, like... I want to leave. <laughs> okay, my pet peeves are um, if a teacher, like if everybody does like selected groups in the end, which again is also nice. Um, and I think it's good because you kind of see different people kind of showcasing a choreography in different ways. Um, however, I if I was a teacher, I personally would pick people again that do it in an interesting way that do it differently they just look good doing it they they just yeah stood out or they worked really hard and i don't think i would necessarily go with the people who come every single week to my class although i understand the point of it because they are determined and they want to be there and they give you their energy every single week but sometimes i feel like it's kind of the choreographer doesn't actually look into the room who is doing what and who is dancing what, but kind of just automatically goes to the people that are always there. Which again, I think is kind of like a, a fine line of like, yeah, they deserve to showcase it because they are there all the time and they do put the work into it. But then I think sometimes there's so many people where I'm like, wow, you're amazing and you should be able to showcase that to everyone, but they're just never going to be that person. Yeah. Um. So that's one of the pet peeves. And then... I think 
another one is if a choreographer or a teacher in the beginning of the class already says how extremely hard the choreography is and they're like well <laughs> give it to me give it to me okay <laughs> and it's kind of this thing of like they spend five minutes explaining why and how hard this choreography is and i'm like well first of all this is not gonna make it easier <laughs> second of all you're wasting time explaining how hard the core is we could have started already um yeah and yeah. i think if you take if you take 20 minutes time to film your groups in the end that is yeah, I, I, I stop saying, no. like, if even if the choreo is hard, I'm always saying, like, it's hard, deal with it, make it easy, you know? Like, deal try with to it. switch exactly. with the mindset exactly. to, to make the mind think it's easy or just not pressure yourself to think it's hard because what's the point? Because Exactly, because some people, and I mean, if yeah, if somebody tells me it's a really hard choreography, I don't automatically go, like, oh my God, stress mode, but some people do. And like you say, you're like, okay, it's hard, but we can figure it out, we have enough time kind of like yes let's get on with it like what is the point in in stressing everybody out before the class even started you know yeah what was the first point that's all you said i think it was the i wanted to the um picking people at the end of class in the groups oh and i think like this goes to to every person that goes to class and feel like they're doing fantastic and they're not being seen they probably are doing fantastic you know they probably are not getting seen seen. (laughs) because like as a teacher i can tell you if i if i have more than 40 people in class yeah i'm stressed because i'm the person that cares about people and i want to see everyone so i'm genuinely there like yeah yeah (laughs) trying to see but it's like it's impossible to focus on teaching like properly teaching getting the material making sure people are following making sure everyone can see what i'm actually doing and then see everyone and then acknowledge everyone and then like if you think about 70 people in class if you look at one person for one minute it's already class gone that's without teaching, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's a little bit hard. So, you... But that's good because I obviously don't have that view because I don't teach um, a massive amount of people, so I wouldn't know. So even you saying yeah. that, it's like, yes, of course you can't focus on everybody. Yeah. And maybe they really have not seen yeah. that person who was So if, you, if you're that dancer who's phenomenal, but you stay in the back because you're cool and you need your space, that's fine. <laughs> but if you want to be seen, you might want to go <laughs> to the front because as simple as it is, like you got to do it. If yeah. you if you were doing the groups and if you want to be seen, be that first person who steps in and stand in the middle because a lot of times like group one and then like turtles like go like <laughs> and they're like, I really lost two minutes out of the 70, yeah, you know? Turtles. You know, like it should be like bish, bash, bosh, you know? Group, true, you though. go in, you know? Special awareness. And, so, and everyone's dancing like on the, on the wall in the back as well, like just, just dancing on all the shoes <laughs> on the floor, you know? Like, I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. Like, like you come into a classroom with 70 people. If you want to hide, well oh. done. That's the class to go. But, like, just, listen, just, it's your space. It's, space <laughs> it's you're also too for. fair I have to say that sometimes <laughs> you do start in the front of class and then some people just come and circle around and suddenly right at the back of the class because everybody else just kind of wiggled away forward. But that's the thing. Like, you have to be smart, like, what was your yeah. point like but to and me, why like, are you going to class like if you if you yeah. again, again like there's literally no shame in going yeah. to class to be seen and get that good video yeah. but if you do want that then go yeah. into the front and go into the center and yeah. pull the fuck out but even i'm gonna tell you guys like i'm not going to classes to be seen anymore because like i'm, I'm okay with you you don't have I'm to be seen and that's another stress by the way you know <laughs> because people are gonna look like because they know so that's another topic but like if i go to class i just i just go to class i don't really i'm not really bothered but if there's a group, I'm always going to go to the front. And I'm going to... If there's, it has to be middle, cool. I like my sides. So the sides are what, is what I go for. But I'm always going to be in the front. Why? Because I love space. Yeah. <laughs> because I love dancing yeah. when there's a space. And that's simple as it is. It's like, if I want to be able to train full, fully... I'm in the class. I made a commitment to the class. I made a commitment I'm going to train now. So I need my space. So if I'm in a class with 70 people and I'm going to annoy it for like 60 minutes that like Kate and the other girl doesn't have spatial awareness and I cannot dance fully. Like if I go to groups, I'm sorry for Kate, if I think Kate is listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the front because I just need my space and this is how simple it is. Yeah. No, I get that with the space, especially if it's super tight and I like, I'm a dancer. If I don't do the arms full out during the class, it's yeah. not going to happen at the end. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't extend it, it's not going to happen. So I always try to. And if the space is in the front, which it yeah. is mainly, then nice. go to the front. 
Okay, time is flying. Time is flying. I have one more question, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to see what's going to happen. What is the one thing, or maybe you have more, that you had to overcome here in London, living the creative dance lifestyle? I think the the main thing to overcome, which is necessary, is the competition and looking for everybody else and what they're doing with their dance lives. And I think that took me probably the longest to just realize again that because we're all self-employed like artists or creatives or dancers or whatever. And every single one of us deals with it a different way. And it is just so hard in the beginning to just look at everybody else and how everybody else is doing it and thinking you're not doing enough. You're not doing the right way. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And that took me probably the longest to just be like, you know what? We're all doing different things. Like, everybody's doing different things. There are people who get hired later, sooner, early, blah, blah, blah. There are people who have three side jobs. There are people who have non-side jobs. There's literally every single possibility, and all of us are self-employed dancers and creatives. And there is no competition because there is a little space for every single one of us. Yeah, that's such a, such a good point. And to be fair, like, sometimes I get back, like, I get drawn to this side as well, to, like seeing what other people it's are doing. It's so easy. Woo! When you turn as soon as your woo, as soon as your head is somewhere slightly yeah. different, you it's like a little tornado. I'm guilty of like the fact I'm trying to work on that. I'm taking my phone in my hand first thing in the morning because it kind of wakes me up because it wakes up my brain so I kind of get more into like okay it's another day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time sometimes it can push me to the wrong direction and I can start my day wrong. So I'm still trying to figure out how can I manage to like start the day with like waking up, not looking at Instagram, putting yeah, some motivational yeah. podcasts, doing my breakfast and then like getting into all the messages. I think and the stuff morning like is especially for me as well, the, yeah. the, the main, the main thing. And now, um, you know that I don't have my phone. Like I keep my phone away from my bed. It's downstairs. I leave it downstairs and I don't look at my phone. She and has it downstairs. I have it downstairs. <laughs> It's actually just one room. <laughs> it's not enough to start this one room. But, um, yeah, I when I wake up, I give myself an hour before I look at my phone. Because if everything just, just, no. <laughs> no. Even before sleep. Sometimes I also, like, yeah. do this before sleep. And then at some point I'm like, oh, I'm kind of down. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, or, or, when you know? you, or when you, I used to, when my phone was still next to my bed, when you wake up in the night and you can't sleep. And you're already, like, the reason why you can't sleep is probably because you're anxious about something. If you're then on your phone, it's just going to feed into the anxiousness. <laughs> and I used to do that all the time. I used to wake up in the night and be like, oh, I can't sleep while well, I'm going to go on my phone. Why? Yeah. That's literally counterproductive. Yeah. I think it's important. It yeah, I think it's important for all of us to to check ourselves with this whole how how the social media and how that pressure is making you feel you know if if you're okay if you're able to deal with it if you're not if you're like solid with what you're doing and everything that's fine but if you feel a little shaky if you feel like you're watching and mm. you have those feelings mm. i think that's the moment to to get the activation mode to get yourself out we spoke about it to get yourself out of this mode what can you do if it keeps like pulling you down like there has yeah, to be a solution because like i think because from what you ask about like what i had to overcome the thing is like training wise and dancing wise and and whatever exercise wise everything is fine it's literally the main part is just the brain and the mind and that is what everybody i think needs what everything comes from and what everybody needs to work from and again there is for the comparing it there's no need and there are lots of dancers in london there's so many probably in europe the the most crowded city of people yeah tr- not even trying to make it in the dance industry making it in a dance industry but just at their own pace yeah and this is exactly why the space to elevate was created you know because i really understood for the past few years how brain how your mindset how everything about this is just making everything else work you know and how we can just see your our lives from a bigger perspective and it is on social media but it's there for a purpose so like when you're scrolling when you are on these yeah. socials to have something that's feeding your mind with more good stuff more turning you back to yourself rather than just following others so yeah. this is exactly what i wanted to keep it going and keep it more consistent so when you scroll you find something that feeds your soul feeds your mind and makes yeah. you think about yourself rather than others and also makes you think about it's just a phone it's not that deep <laughs> it really isn't that deep it's not end all it's 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 just a phone it really is it's just a little thing 
literally. And do you want the little thing to determine what's happening in your mind? No. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I, I, got, I have like a little perspective because when I moved to London, it was just when Instagram started. So it was like just rubbish at the beginning and 15 seconds videos and everything. So it wasn't as like as important. So it kind of was in the back, like we kind of used yeah. it, but kind of didn't. And to see that journey into what it became and how this is a marketing now and how this is just like a yes, business yes. is is very interesting. But also and, knowing that yeah. it is marketing and a business because again, everybody who knows me as a person <laughs> on my Instagram account, like the two different worlds, you know what I mean? And I know that, so I know everybody else's Instagram is exactly the same. Like we, it is a business. It really is. It I is had, and I see it as a business. Yeah, I had a conversation for with another person like it was like a few weeks ago. They're like, oh, how are you doing? Like. It looks like you're doing fantastic. It looks like that. And it was the week when I was like down. Like I was just like not talking to people. I was just at home like, and I just like, I was writing out like what I was feeling. But I was like, okay, if you think that way, good, it's working, you know? Yeah, exactly. But this is also what makes me think in my head is like, if, if it's this fake with myself, it must be this fake with other people as well. So there's no reason to be... But it's not even being... fake. It's like, like I'm saying, like... It's, it's a business, what... exactly. It's what you're having it for that's important, yeah. you know? What's your purpose for it? Just keep that in mind, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's, it's, like a, it's like a live CV nowadays, so it's like... To... Because I understand, be okay I understand why people always say, oh, they want to go off Instagram because it influences their brain. It's completely fine. Um, but I also feel like, for my, me personally, I would probably miss out on half of the auditions if I wasn't on it. So again, just seeing it as like, this is part of my job and I have some time in the day where I'm like, okay, now I can check everything. Good. Now I see everything and there's not, there is no need to feed my brain more with it. Done. To the side. Nice. You see, like, this, this is nice. It's just <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, because I'm trying to encourage people to like, you know, come in, have a chat. Because yeah. I really wanna, I wanna, like I said at the very beginning, I want this to be about the journey. Like, um, a lot of interviews, like I said, is just about people that are somewhere that we would like to be, and we just they just talking like in like about the past, about all this stuff. So I feel like this is nice. This is just talking about stuff that we are all I'm dealing right with, in it. You know, like I'm right on the journey. <laughs> on the journey to we are, like, yeah. we're all, all the time in a journey so it's not like you know like there's like i don't know the goal the finish line. yeah the finish line. the finish line but i think like this is the type of stuff that <laughs> we're doing here so if you want to talk about your personal journey your personal i don't know thoughts struggles joys and whatever you want to say you're always welcome to message me hola papier hola papier <laughs> and yeah just uh, stay active say if you like it uh, say us say us <laughs> if you like it everybody say yes <laughs> I wanted to say if you like it show it like give a little comment give a little thumbs up yeah and all of that uh, whatever promotional jazz I was supposed to say here <laughs> subscribe follow tell your friends get up the Penelope thank you for having me <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Next week, uh, my personal coefficients. <gasps>